Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Zarar. I'm Cheesy. I'm Hino. I'm Chaba. Today, we want to talk about what are the things that you need to do before development starts. And the reason this is a topic is because a lot, a lot of us have sort of different assumptions on what we need before developers hit the keyboard. Uh, some people think you need design. Some people think you need a bunch of stories written. Uh, some people think you need a vision. Um, and we're here, we're here to clear this up. So at the end of these 15, 16 minutes or whatever this podcast is, you will have a completely clear idea on exactly what you need before you start development with any team ever. So not to set expectations too high, but Cheesy, tell us what we need. Well, I'm assuming that the team has the development tools installed on their machine. So from, from that perspective, all you need is somebody that has a goal in mind, in my opinion. So, And with a goal in mind, you can bring that to the team, and the team could ideate and the team can get started. So we don't have to – so back, back to what, Zorar, you said during the introduction, do we have to have a finished design? Actually, no, we don't. Do we have to have a long backlog? No, we, we don't need that either. Uh, do we have to have any backlog at all? Uh, maybe not. Maybe the team can come up with enough, you know, in, in a very short time to get started on something. So, uh, but the thing that I think that that is essential is you need somebody who can say, here's the goal or here's the outcome that I want to see. And from my perspective, including the whole team in taking that, that goal and discussing how can we achieve that goal? What are the different ways to achieve that goal is is the the best way we can move forward. Chaba, do you want to tell Cheesy that there are some countries where you can be put in jail for suggesting not to start a project without at least three sprints worth of stories? Go ahead, I'll let you tell them. Cheesy, you need, I'm just kidding. Okay, so, uh, so uh, one, one thing I would say that I, I would even go even further than that, beside, beyond the goal, because the question is always, what do we actually start, right? What's actually the first lines of code that we start writing towards, right? Because the goal could be sometimes fairly big, could be sometimes sometimes fairly small. And and for me, the, the, the key moment is to identify that single piece of, of learning that we want to get out of, of our, our very, very initial initial kind of time or initial few weeks let's say uh some people call them risks i just i, I just call them learning the, the the very very first learning and learning could be anything it could be technical because we never work with certain certain uh, tools uh or could be business right where where we don't know how our potential clients could could receive a certain things uh, I, I typically call it the problem Right. Whatever the problem is, if you have the problem that you want to solve, cheesy called it the goal, which which I I see. So the goal is then solving the problem. But but sometimes you don't even know yet what that solution might look like. But whenever you have a problem, you have enough to start. And whatever it is that your solution will be, whether it's a command line tool, whether it's an application on the web, whether it's uh, it's something else, whatever that end result needs to be, just build a freaking. Uh, framework for frame framework is not i don't i don't want to cause you to to go off and write frameworks what i mean is build an empty cli build an empty page build an empty whatever it is to have that integration from the get-go the very first thing that you do without putting any data in there just build it out there so you have a something to hang up all those features on that you will later discover 
You know, I, I, uh, I'm going to refer to uh, this talk somebody posted in our Slack group. I think it was Stacy. Uh, I think it was the, the event storming talk by Kenny Bashwegler. I think it was. And in it, there was like a little slide. And I can show that slide to you here. We're on video, so the, maybe the listener won't be able to see this. Uh, but basically, it was like, you know, we observe data, we filter data, we generate some assumptions, we draw conclusions, and then we build some beliefs on those uh, on those conclusions. And then we continue filtering data. Somewhere along the way, I feel we have built certain beliefs in software development that certain things need to be true before we can start uh, development. And those beliefs are based on heavily filtered data. So one, one, one such belief is that we need to know what the software will look like before developers can start. It's almost insulting to the developers to suggest that. It's almost condescending and, and, and suggesting that, hey, you, you, you can't figure this out on your own. You don't have the capacity or the ability to change your mind and twist and turn based on new things. You know what? Let me spoon feed you what it's supposed to look like so your job becomes a little easy. Honestly, I think that's the, that's the psychological mentality behind thinking that. And th so that's one belief. Second belief, and this is thanks to Scrum. Thank you, Schwaber or whoever, you know, they did a lot of good work. But the other thing is that we need to have X amount worth of stories in our backlog so that we don't, quote unquote, run out of work. If organizations or companies or whoever you are, just get rid of those two beliefs, you will find that your decision making will be much better because it'll be in real time. It'll be based on the latest data. You'll empower the team to make better decisions. Now, other side of that, or the cost of doing this, is that we don't necessarily work with a particular date. And I think people love dates so much. They want to target a date. They want to track towards a date. They want to have CRs towards a date. It, it, it takes that date out of the equation. And I don't think we have evolved as human beings to work without dates. So when you say that develop that it's insulting for developers that they cannot figure out, I would say that it's insulting for the team to not to figure out. Because, because don't forget that the team maybe has some designers, right? And and we know that not not all developers are great designers. Let's let, let's face that. So so I, I I think this is this is the the key here is that that it's insulting for the team that they cannot that they cannot figure it out together. Because I think that's the key. I like to think of this uh, as what I call the the agency model that where where. You know, historically, we, we've all seen the movies on Netflix or whatever, where you have a, you know, an ad agency where they that where they talk to a you know to their customer, then they go off and they create, you know, the entirety of the design, you know, the whole marketing camp, everything like that, and they come back and do a great big reveal on with the with the customer who's sitting in a conference room and it's like, whoa, it's so beautiful. I I feel like that's kind of how we think about design these days, you know that that that. We, we need to have some designer who goes off and comes back with the complete package, does a big reveal of some sort. But the challenge is, is that that's backwards of what we know and understand works in software. So that, that, that approach is one in which we assume that we know exactly what our users want. And we now have a few decades of experience showing us that we don't know what the hell our users want at all. And that if we make those assumptions that we do know, we, we deliver a lot of software that's not used. And so this idea that that 
we're going to get it right, we know what they want, is the great way to release mediocre software. So, uh, so I would push back against that every time. Even more than that, the, the design that you're talking about seems to also equate functionality, which is not the case, right? So it's not because there is a problem that you can solve that it requires the design to solve that problem. You can you can still build it and then uh, tackle the the design discrepancy that you might have introduced. You can tackle those afterwards or at a, at a separate track. And not that you have to. That's not my point. I just want to want to make clear that there is a distinction between uh, the solution and and a, and a design for that solution. And just to to build on that further, you know, it was said just a couple of moments ago that not every Developer is a good designer, and, and that that's true. But but developers use apps all the time, and so maybe they can't come up with the initial design necessarily, or maybe they have some ideas, but they can ideate with, oh, that would work, or no, maybe that doesn't, or whatever. So, and the same with everybody on the team. So that's why going back to Zarar's original question, where he kicked us off, do you know? Do we need? designed to be complete before we start coding. And I say no. In fact, I think if we have a complete design before we start coding, uh, the product that we'll produce will be inferior. Yeah, and the question is further, do we need, because when you say a design, that I'm referring to that UX all the time, but also do we need a, a solution, a description of a solution, a scope of a solution before we can start? The same, the same answer applies, I think, and that is no, we don't, right? Actually, I had a, a very, very similar story. It's almost like a horror story. Uh, if if uh, if you're in an agile environment where uh, this design team comes back with a hundred-page design document, and they show it in the in the sprint review, and then one of the tech guys like very timidly, but we we cannot build that because that widget would be impossible to build in in our whatever environment or whatever tools they had, and and it was a very uh, how to say, very embarrassing silence in the room that this is coming out after months and months and months and work, right? It would probably would have been solved if if these two folks talk to each other just just a little bit, right? So to build on something Hino said a little while earlier, which, which I, I completely believe where he was talking about building out a skeleton, almost a walking skeleton of some sort, you know, build out something end to end. So I, I very recently had a situation like that where we were starting on a brand new project and we didn't have a backlog. So what did we do? We wrote a service that returned a string called Hello World and we wrote a unit test for it. And then we said, let's get CI going. So we had Jenkins read it and build it. Then it's like, let's add a pipeline. So then next thing you know, we were able to push it into a Docker container, etc. So, uh, so again, this this is sometimes getting the hello world in place end to end that runs all the way out that can deploy to your production is also another way to get started. And then you know that walking skeleton concept, and then you can start to add more meat to it over time as well. So so we don't need stories. We don't need design. Uh, I think the only thing you need is. Uh, frankly, some sort of idea on what feature you want to enable for an end user. And that is it. Uh, some idea on what capability you want to unlock for the end user, um, whether it be you, 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 if you're making a video editing app, maybe the first thing you want to do is have the ability for an in-point in and an out-point and an export. That's all you need. The, the thinking behind 
having stories and designs ready is that the cost of change in development is very high. So you make sure you get it right the first time. That may be true years and decades ago, but now the cost of change of implementing a new requirement by any modern team is much, much lower than what it used to be, but we've still retained that thinking that, oh, the cost of change is high, therefore get it right in paper as much as you can. Zara, I think there might even be a step before what you just said. You know, and I'm going to come at this from a lean startup perspective. You know, assuming here's the feature that that I want, you know, the uh, maybe is not the right first step. The first step might be, how yeah, I I think this is a feature that will help my users, but how can I know that for sure? So what's the minimum I can do to learn if this is even the right thing to be focused on? But but isn't that why product people are on teams? Like aren't product people's there to sort of remove that complete ambiguity that you don't know anything, that you have somebody who actually does market research, who has seen what works, who can fairly confidently say that this first thing we're going to build is going to be used by at least somebody. Do we really have to start at a blank slate of absolute like void? Market research can solve some problems, but it's only a very small part of all the problems that we need to solve when we want to build a product that our customers like. Mm-hmm. that our customers use that is going to help them solve their problems. Market research can only go that far. The problem is that in many, many organizations that I've worked in, I'm sure all of you are the same, that market research seems to be the only thing that we're now using because it's something that is recognized. We have individual people for that who are very well trained to do that market research. And then that's the only kind of research that leads us to uh, build a new product. And that's not the right approach. What's a There's, product owner for, you know? For me, a product owner uh, is to uh, to basically keep the team honest that they're working on uh, on the priorities that lead to uh, delivery of value, learning, whatever that might be. But it's really uh, bring everyone on the same page and, and making sure that you, uh, you're working towards that uh, that result. I don't think the product owner is there to tell the, the, the team necessarily what to build, okay? I, I would prefer product owners to be there to say what outcome would we like to achieve. Mm-hmm. And then the what to build is, is sort of a collaborative type thing. So, again, back, back to uh, most product owners that I've experienced over the years don't really have a good insight into the market. They might think that they do, but their, their knowledge is only from within their own company. They actually rarely go out and talk to uh, other other uh, users or end users. Uh, often I find that they don't even really have a good idea of what their competition is up to. So so yeah, I think that 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 the ideal product owner is one who comes and says, here's the goal that I would like to achieve. You know, and they can even come with some idea of how to achieve that, but but that be willing to let that evolve if we learn things different things or or if even if the team challenges them okay so so last word to chaba but before we go there let's just recap we don't need stories we don't need backlog we don't need designs we maybe need a product owner we need to have some idea on what outcome we may deliver it doesn't have to be accurate but we should have some sort of hypothesis uh, dates are a thing that sort of throws a wrench into this but that's more of a cultural problem than it is anything else uh, chaba take us home on this one 
I just wanted to add one more, like one thing when you guys talk about market research, because sometimes market research becomes the same way as a, as a waterfall step as design, that we had to do this very, very, very large. So, so in, in, a, in a way for me, it's a bit contradiction, Zerard, that you are, that, that, that you are <laughs> making a case for not a great big design, but yet you are, you are saying that we should, we should have market research. I'm not saying I mean, we should do market research. I'm saying product owners do enough market research that they should, that, that they have, or they should come to the table with a decent idea on what the first thing they should build is. And you don't need stories and all that other stuff. In, so because you have done that, you don't need anything else. That, that was my point. Yeah, for sure. Like like some some level of market research. I mean, you can just do like usertesting.com, user kind of like just where you click on a screen. Could be that that simple as that, right? So so when we talk about market research, the I, again the spectrum, I think it's it's fairly large, the same way as design. We can talk about design from a from from that perspective. But um, I think that was a good summary, Zarar. I, I don't know how I got lumped as the market research guy <laughs> because that's not what I intended from to now be. Now on, that's form. how you will be known. That's how I'll be market research. Well, listener, thank you in for uh, thank you for tuning in for that somewhat chaotic and belligerent episode of the Continuous Delivery Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>